And let's just pray together. Lord, we want to thank you and praise you for your servants who have come across the world to bring your message, to bring you to us. Lord, I, I, love, I love your family. Lord, years ago you sent missionaries out from this country all around the world. Now you're sending missionaries from all around the world back here. Your family is awesome. Because we are one. And so, Lord, I ask today that you would continue to just speak. Lord, we've worshipped you. We've honored you. We're open to receive from you. So come now, speak through your servant, Pastor Jerome. Because we're hungry to receive everything you want to give us today. We thank you. We honor you, Lord Jesus. We're here expectant. And we know that as you have promised, we will be satisfied. We're asking. We're seeking. We're knocking. Just as you asked us to. So we thank you and we praise you in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. Amen. For coming on a wet Sunday morning. Well, we ministered elsewhere and we came quickly as possible. Once again, thank you to Pastor David and his wife and the entire church family for having us over the last three days. Um, I'm of the belief that those who come or those who are here today, this morning, already know the Lord. Uh, at least I'm hoping that all of you know Jesus as more than just Savior, but you know him as your Lord. So what I'm going to share with you today is going to be a little different to what I shared during the three days. Thursday, Friday, Saturday in this place. We saw healings, we saw deliverance, we saw people coming to Christ. But this morning, I believe the Holy Spirit wants to do a work through what I'm about to share. And I've titled my message, The Battle Between Two Gods. The Battle Between Two Gods. Say it together. Okay. Say it one more time. Okay. The battle between two gods. Before we get into it, just want to acknowledge my family that's here. When I acknowledge them, it's only then I realize how much family I have in this country. Uh, so please bear with me for a minute. My grandma... Um, her name was Mona. Uh, her second name was not Lisa. But, uh, but she had other names that sound uh, absolutely weird, which I'm not going to mention here. She, she came from a very traditional background. She didn't know Jesus uh, as she was going to know him. And uh, Nana was an extremely... Uh, tough person to live with. 
she hardly allowed us to play cricket outside because she was a horticulturist and she loved her begonias and crotons and you know so if the tennis ball went in the tennis ball was lost for all eternity <laughs> because she would take the ball and put it into the lake of fire I said, you're not getting it back. So when Nana passed away, she was above 80 years of age. She lived a completely healthy life. Nana is uh, dad's mom. Um, she lived a healthy life. She had all 32 teeth when she passed away. She didn't have cholesterol. She didn't have blood sugar. Her hair was long, extremely long. And she was tip top. She looked after herself better than some 18-year-olds look after themselves. If I offended somebody, well, the game has already begun. <laughs> uh, and then I passed on and she's living with Jesus now. But her brother is here today. And I want us to welcome Uncle Brian and his dear wife on my right-hand side. Could you stand as we welcome you? God bless you. Thank you for being here. Thank you. It's an honor to have them. It's an honor to have them. Thank you. Hope you enjoy the service. All right, the battle between two gods. Pastor David, thank you again. Battle between two gods. Matthew chapter 6, verse 24. Matthew chapter 6, verse 24. The battle between two gods. Let's read together. If you don't have a Bible... <laughs> You know the rest of it. Sit next to a Christian. Or next to a screen. Let's read. No man can serve two masters. For either he will hate the one and love the other. Or else he will hold to the one and despise the other. You cannot serve God and mammon. Let's try it again. One, two, read. No man can serve two masters. Or else he will hold on to the one and despise the other. Keep me happy. Read it one more time. No man can serve two masters. Mm. For either he will hate the one and love the other or else he will hold to the one, despise the other. You cannot serve God. Mm. Battle between two gods. These are the words of Jesus. And he states in Matthew chapter 6 verse 24. He says you cannot. Immediately you have to understand you cannot. That means you can't come back to God and say what do you think about this? He has already said, you cannot. It is like when God said to the birds, you cannot swim, but you can fly. So no matter how much a little bird he began to pray, oh please Lord, I want to swim. He will look at them and say, you cannot. And when God says you cannot, that means you cannot. So he says one thing you cannot do. You cannot 
serve two masters. That word masters in the Greek, one of the synonyms is also God. So it wouldn't be wrong by replacing the word masters with the word God. Let's try reading it that way. No one can serve two gods. Again. One more time. Why? Because he will hate the one and love the other. So that tells you that you can't love both. You can't love both. You can't have one wife here and another one in Sri Lanka. You will either hate one and love the other. You, you will hold on to one and you will despise the other. You cannot serve two gods. And in the context of this verse, Jesus, I would have understood clearly if he compared God with the devil and said, you can't serve God and Satan. It's understandable. So in one boxing ring, you have Mike Tyson and Holyfield. You have God and Satan. And he says, you know, there's a fight between God and the devil. Therefore, you can't serve both. You have to choose one. He didn't put the devil in this scripture. Why? Because Jesus did away with the devil for good. Through his death, he defeated the one that had the power of death. That is the devil. Hebrews chapter 2, verse number 14. The scripture also says in 1 John chapter 3, verse number 8, that the Son of God was manifested to destroy the works of the devil. So the defeat of Satan is a conclusion now. You don't grapple with it. You have to settle down with that reality. Hello, are we, are we together? He is defeated. You are trying to defeat someone that Jesus has already defeated. You and I are called to walk in that authority now. Amen. Talk back to me. It's, it's not rude to do it. Don't worry. Okay. But Jesus, instead of putting the devil in this verse... He says, you cannot serve two masters. I could have understood if he said, okay, God and the devil. But he doesn't say God and the devil. He says, the two gods that will fight for your heart is not God and the devil. It says God and money. God and money. That's what mammon really is. A fancier term for money. So Jesus brings money. Everyone say money. Now let me give you a, a comforting statement. We are not taking an offering after this the, the sermon. Okay. Because some of you who, you know, you heard too many evangelists. You're thinking now, where is he going with this? Definitely now his services are where he needs to go back home. Maybe he needs a few bucks. <laughs> Listen, I brought six suits with me. I'm prosperous. I'm rich. I'm blessed. I don't need money. I'm just here to help you understand that God is not ready to fight for his place in your life with money. 
So you have to decide this morning. You have to decide this morning between money and God whom you are going to serve. If you serve God, money will serve you. But if you serve money, God is not going to argue with you for his place. Mm -hmm. Are you ready for this now? You cannot serve both God and money. Do you know for Jesus to put money and God in the same statement, money is as powerful as God. You didn't hear that. Money is as powerful as God. The Old Testament says money answereth all things. I didn't say money is God. I said money is as powerful, influential, can get things done. You're sick today, you have some bucks, you go to the hospital and get yourself an injection. You don't need a miracle service. Money can sort a lot of things for you. But there are people in this room right now, if not Holy Spirit will not give me this message. There are people in this room, today God is outside your life. Why? Because you have too much. And now you're using it like God. I can hire anyone I want. I can go to the best gym I want. I can pay for my health. I can go on any vacation. I can just rely. Your second name is Mammon. And very soon you're going to turn into a mammal. If you don't decide to say to money, you are not God in my life. This morning, in the next 30 minutes, that is going to be the mission of the Holy Spirit here. He will change hearts to say to money, you will not be God in my life. Let me give you a few examples. There is a woman called the woman with the issue of blood. In Mark chapter 5, I think it's verse number 26. Take a look at it. It may come on the screen. Mark chapter 5, I think it's, well, yes, I'm right. Let's read. This woman had suffered many things of many physicians and had spent all that she had and was nothing better but rather grew worse. You know this story. The woman with the issue of blood, she's been bleeding for 12 years. But the Bible says she came to a place when she had spent all the money she had. Say she spent all her money. Do you know that the moment she spent all her money, that was the only time she thought about Jesus. And she said, if I can touch the hem of his garment, I will be whole. But until the money was there, Jesus never came into the picture. You cannot serve both. God and money. Shall we sing a song to get rid of that nervousness? Let's sing a song. Come. Let's sing a song. You cannot serve both God and money. Both God and money. Both God and money, you cannot serve 
both God and money You have to decide Who you will serve You cannot serve Both God and money Both God and money You cannot serve You cannot serve That's going to be your prayer when you leave this place. Pastor, what do you mean? When you encounter a problem, let me give you a clue that money is your God. Let me give you a clue just to tick that box because now you're wondering which, which, who am I? Which, which, which? <laughs> where am I? Where, where do I fall? Pastor, I need to know quickly where my train is coming. I need to know. Let me tell you quickly. You know that money is your God. The moment you encounter a challenge and you try to solve it with money. Yes. Any challenge you are facing today, if your first proclivity, inclination, first move that you make, first thought that comes, where can I get the money? You, your God, is mammon. But the moment you are faced with a challenge and the first person you go to, Father, I need your wisdom now. You know who your God is. You know who your God is. You know who your God is. So this is the challenge. This woman had so much of money, she went to doctor, doctor, doctor. Proctor, Proctor, okay, another one, another physician. And then when money ran out, she thought of Jesus. Say, say this with me, money is a blessing, but money can keep me from being blessed. Let's try that again because there's wisdom in that. Money is a blessing. But money can keep me from being blessed. Yes. So you need to give money the rightful place. I say this. You know why people put, you know, in your trouser or your whatever you're wearing, you have a pocket. You know, your pocket is there, here. 
What do you call this? No, you call it a buttocks. <laughs> you okay? We're going to have some fun this morning. So much fun that you, want, you will want to come back to church. This is called buttocks. So you know why the pocket is there? Because that's where money belongs. Under. That's where money belongs. You sit on it. You rule over it. And you tell it, you don't rule me. Amen. Are we together? But the... The wrong pocket to put money in is this one right here because it's close to your heart. It's not a joke. You can laugh, but it's not a joke. You don't put it here. Money, keep it in the pocket, not in the heart. That's when you can keep it under your feet. It'll serve you for the rest of your life. Thank you, Jesus. Amen. You're ready for more? Give a good clap offering to the Lord. You cannot serve. You know that we just made that song up. Both God and money. Holy Spirit gives me song. Both God and money. You cannot serve. You cannot serve. power of money. Can I, can I borrow a, can I borrow that? Let me take it, don't worry. I hope I don't offend anyone. You buy this with money. Okay. So here is a choice. Lord, I'm having trouble with my feet, my knees, I can't walk. So the only way I can get that sorted is money. So I pay money and I get this and I use it. So it's not this that's literally helping me. This won't help me if I didn't have. But then when you shift your thinking and you say, look, and God is greater than money. God is greater than money. I'm going to trust that God will do for me. This is what money gave me. But God can give me something greater than a walking stick. He's going to do something greater. Amen. Are you catching this? Thank you, Lord. Did you see that? I said, did you see that? Money is a blessing. Never forget it. Money is a blessing. You need it to fly. You need, not literally, 
You needed to buy your food. You needed to send your kids to school. You need money. With a, I mean, to run a church, you need money. The ministry that I am in charge of, we need 700,000 pounds a year to maintain our expenses. A year. And that is ever increasing. Next day, it will be more. So you need money for everything. The shoes, they don't shine for nothing. You have to buy money. You, to, you need money. Amen. I don't use mirrors. I use shoes. <laughs> you need money. Amen. I said, you need money. You need money for everything. Tell yourself, I need money for everything. Yes. For most things in life, you need money. But, 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 but. Because money is needed for everything. Because money is needed for everything. For all of your needs, you don't need money. You need time to digest what I just said. Money is needed for everything. But for all your needs, you don't need money. It's a high level. For all your needs, great is thy faithfulness. Lord God Almighty, all I have needed, thy hands have provided. Great is thy faithfulness. Most of the miracles of Jesus, he did it without money. I want to prophesy right now. What you think God's going to do with money, he's going to do without money for you. He's going to do it without money for you. I said he's going to do it without money for you. That's the power of God in your life. I said he's going to do it without money. Pastor, I want to build a house. Yes. What do you think the Bible means when it says he will give you wells you didn't dig? Houses you didn't build. Vineyards you didn't plant. That means he's going to do it higher than the realm of money. He's going to cause people's hearts to bless you. He's going to cause money to appear in your accounts. He's going to do it because he is greater than money. But you have to keep money here, right there. And you say, you stay there, no further. Amen? So say money is a blessing. But money can keep me from being blessed. Yes. So you need to put money in its rightful place. So I've got only 14 more minutes to give you a few more examples. The first example is the woman with the issue of blood. Where when she spent everything, that's when she thought about Jesus. Money can be a huge hindrance in your life. Then the rich young ruler. There was a man called a rich young ruler. Luke chapter 18 verse 18. Let's read the story a little. It'll be a blessing to you. Okay? Now put your phones off if you're looking at Facebook or texting your girlfriend. Just, just put it aside. Right now I'm going to help you with your life. Next 15 minutes can mean life and death, poverty or wealth. Okay? So just, just be serious in the house of God and uh, pay attention. Let's go. In Luke chapter 18, verse 18 onwards, if we have it on the screen. Let's read. One, two, go. And a certain ruler asked Jesus, saying, Good master, what shall I do to inherit eternal life? I can't hear you. What shall I do to inherit eternal life? Continue. Jesus said unto him, Why callest thou me good? None is good, say one, that is God. There's a lot of theology in that which I can go on for one hour. No time to explain what Jesus meant in verse 19. But continue. Thou knowest the commandments. 
Do not commit adultery, do not kill, do not steal, do not bear false witness. Honor thy father and thy mother. Verse 21. And he said, All these have I kept from my youth up. Now when Jesus heard these things, he said unto him, Yet lackest thou one thing. Mm, one thing. You lack one thing. Sell all that thou hast. Sell all that thou hast. Distribute it unto the poor. And thou shalt have treasure in heaven. And come, follow me. Look at the next verse. And when he heard this, he was very sorrowful. For he was very rich. He was young, yet he was rich. Because he was following the word of God. Teach your children that it is okay to be rich in life. Even at a young age. I feel in my spirit that there is a young person in this place whom I will lay hands on today who will carry an exceptional Bill Gates anointing in the days to come. That individual is very small today, not even 18 years of age, but this little boy doesn't know that he's carrying an anointing for finances and he's going to be like a distributor of, of, of money to people and churches. It's happening. I can see it in the realm of the spirit. And this little boy is going to receive that grace from God. It is okay to be rich at a young age. So this young ruler, even though he had so much of money and he was rich, there was something missing in his life. Are we together? That's why he came to Jesus. That's why every rich person needs Jesus. And every poor person needs Jesus. So this young ruler came to Jesus and said, Master, what should I do to have life? See, that's one thing money cannot do. It cannot give you life. So he's asking, where do I get life? So Jesus says, why don't you do the commandments? He said, I've done it. And Jesus says, okay, let me expose your heart. Let me expose your heart. Why don't you give everything that you have? Sell everything you have. Give it to the poor. Jesus didn't say give it to me. Okay? He said give it to the poor. He differentiated himself with the poor. He said I don't call myself poor. Give it to the poor. You go in. Don't give my treasure. We have money. You can give it to the poor. And come follow me. The Bible says, if you're listening to what Pastor Jerome is saying now, the Bible says, this man went away very sorrowful. You know what Jesus did? He taught him that lesson. Money is a blessing, but it can keep you from being blessed. Actually, he wanted life, but he wanted money much more. That is the problem. You cannot serve both God Today, parents make this mistake. Not here, not here. Don't get offended. All there from where I come from. They bring up a child in the way he or she should go. And then when it is the age and the stage to fall in love, they come home with the first girlfriend or boyfriend and says, Mama, Dada, I met in church. In church. And the mama prays the Lord, praise the Lord, praise the Lord. And after he or she has gone, has asked him, Does he have money? 
Is his father a doctor? Is his mother a lawyer? So even if God were to leave his throne, appear in a dream, tell the parents, this is the girl I have prepared for your son. The woman in her dreams, I rebuke you, you Satan, get out from my life. <laughs> because I didn't bring up my child to give to somebody that is poor. You see how mammon can overtake God? You sit there and you give me that tone of voice. You know what I'm talking about. It can happen to anybody. That's what happened to the rich young ruler. Here's another example. I've got nine more minutes. Ananias and Sapphira. Nowadays, it's the name Sapphira has become Shakira. <laughs> but many years ago, it was Sapphira, okay? Do you know that parents name their daughters? Sweet little girl. What's her name? What's her name? Those days, it was Anne, Marianne, Joanne, Roseanne. You know, now, Shakira. <laughs> My God, it's getting more complicated as the days go by. Be careful how you allow your children to see who their role models are. So here is Ananias and Sapphira. I'm going to read only one verse. Acts chapter 5, verse number 3. Let's see what happened to them. Ananias and Sapphira. Chapter 5, book of Acts, verse number 3. Just one verse. Let's read together, all together. One, to go. But Peter said, Ananias, why hath Satan filled thine heart to lie to the Holy Ghost and to keep back part of the price of the land? Let me hear your beautiful uh, British accents. Read. But Peter said, Give me a minute to break this down. Ananias and Sapphira, part of the church, wanted a land sold. It's not easy to sell property. For that also you need to be blessed. So they didn't take a long time. The property that they wanted to sell, they got it sold. And before they got it sold, they had decided before God, Lord, when it is sold, I'm going to give Pastor David's church 50%. Lord, the land is... 200,000 pounds. And if I sell this Lord, I'm going to give 100,000 pounds to Pastor David Warco's church, Trinity Church in Ham, to do the balcony and the mezzanine floor. I'm going to give him 100,000 pounds. Who said? Ananias. Did God tell Ananias to do it? No. Ananias and Sapphira decided to do it. When you decide to do something, when, when you decide to do something, sometimes you decide because you're a person of integrity. I'm going to do this. But when the money comes, money takes over your integrity. My God, I'm preaching better than you're responding. 
I said, you made a decision. I'm going to give this to the church. Or I'm going to buy 10 wheelchairs for that society. Or I'm going to give this. Or I'm going to do that. Or I'm going to pay my taxes, which I've been running away from. <laughs> I'm going to do all of that. But you did, you made that choice because you are a woman and a man of what? I can't hear you. Integrity. But are you amazed that when the money comes, money takes over your integrity? That's the story of Ananias and Sapphira. And they had decided we are going to give this. But when the money came, money had so much of power to change their heart. My goodness. You keep people in a church service like this for two hours, their hearts don't change. Show them 10 pounds. Some don't get slain in the spirit by the spirit. You put 100,000 in front of them. You understand what I'm saying? Yes, they hyperventilate and they fall down. Why? The power of money. So Ananias and Sapphira decided, man, did we really commit to giving the church that amount? We must have been crazy. Let's change our minds. So they changed their minds. Now watch this. I'm sure before they sold the property, they told Peter, we are going to give you this much. So after the property was sold and they changed their minds, so they're now coming with the money. You cannot serve both God and money. Both God and money. You cannot serve. You cannot serve both God and money. is coming separately Peter Peter asks what are you giving building fund if Peter was not a true man of God he would have taken the money blessed Ananias and gave him a front seat in the church I think I'm wasting my words with you I'm telling you real stuff. Either you have to laugh or frown. Do one of the two. But do something. Do something. Do something. Please do something. Nod your head. Shake your head. Frown at me or do something. So that I know you are here. If Peter was not a man of God, he said, Ananias, no one like you in this church. There is none like you. No one gives money just like you do. I have a seat for you in the front of the church. Peter said, come and sit here. So now, if Peter wasn't a man of God, 
He would have done that. Anything for money. Today you can change men of God. Just, yeah. Front seat. And they ordain you as an elder also. Yes. But Peter was so full of the Holy Spirit. He caught Ananias in his tracks. He didn't open the brown bag and check how much money. God had given Peter spiritual sight. Spiritual sight. That's prophetic eyesight. To see somebody for who they are on the inside. Not what they have to give. So mama, next time your daughter's boyfriend comes home and gives mama a gold. Mama, you're the best mama. Can I have your daughter's hand in marriage, mama? And talks in a funny accent. You've got to see the heart, not the hand. I said, you've got to see the heart, not the hand. Most often we're carried away with handouts when you don't have a clue what's in the heart. But Peter was a man of God. He knew what Ananias' heart was. He said, Ananias, why has who filled your heart? You're not hearing what I'm saying. Who has filled your heart? Satan filled your heart. My God, just like the devil used money to get into the heart and mind of Judas. He's using money as an avenue into the heart of man, Ananias. Guess what? He's doing it even today in people's lives. God uses money as an instrument. The devil uses it as an avenue. To get into the hearts of people. Why? Because if he can, listen, listen, listen. When you are filled with the Holy Spirit, the devil does not have power over your human will. Do you understand what I'm saying? The only way he can have power over your human will by showing you money. Because if he can't change your will, he will change your heart through, your, through the money. Because if he changes your heart, he will change your will. Oh my God. Who am I preaching to? Do you know, if you're filled with the Holy Spirit, the devil has very little to do with your human will. You have willpower to do exactly what God wills. So now he, he has no option. The devil is going like this. Man, how do I get through to this? Because I can't. He's filled with the Holy Spirit. How can I manipulate his will? I have an idea. I have an idea. I have an idea. Let me show him a few pounds. Because when the pounds come, the mind changes, the heart changes, and lastly, the will changes. He's got you. He's got you. He's got you by the neck. That's why this morning, Harold has to decide. I will not serve both God and money. I'm going to keep money in its place. And I'm going to let the Lord know that I'm depending on Him. Even with a million pounds in my bank, my dependence is on you, Lord. We are coming to that place this morning. Amen. I'm out of time, but I have one more example. I said I'm out of time, but I have one more example. And then I'll start preaching. The rich fool. Oh, pastor, don't offend people. Let me try again. The rich fool. Luke's gospel, chapter 12. I didn't call him the rich fool. The Bible called Not all rich people are foolish. And not all poor people are wise. 
just two verses and I'll explain the story but be a good audience as you have been and read it I will say to my soul this is this is a rich man speaking a rich man is talking he's talking within himself you know everybody talks to themselves so he's talking to himself I will say to my soul soul thou has much goods laid up for many years you must say it properly many years <laughs> take thine ease that means relax go to Scotland have a vacation go to Wales have a picnic you can do that every day take ease eat whatever you do eat you have to eat you have earned so much of money take it easy now eat drink <sighs> buy the best wine do what you have to do just 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 pubs are closing down but you buy one and just just drink just have a good time be what merry that means christmas every day merry christmas you didn't get it okay but god said to him now how many of you think with pastor jerome including the country that I come from everybody has this desire one day I interviewed a person long long before I came into full-time ministry he was only 40 years of age I was trying to hire him as a factory manager I was a consultant to an NGO at that time I said okay now what is the, your plan for the next five years now he's only about 38 I think at that time next five years means he's 43 you know what he told me so I want to retire I still remember this he said I want to retire how old is he 38 in five years, you're going to be 43. He said, I want to retire in the next five years. I said, we didn't hire him. <laughs> Why do people have that mentality? Because they feel that life, at least now after 55, we can enjoy. So you work all your life to get something in the bank so that you can say to your soul, you have one house in Harrow, you have one house in Wales. You have another house in Madagascar. You have another house in Seychelles. You have one in Maldives. You have houses everywhere. You have enough money. Now you take it. Take it easy. Take it easy. Eat. Drink. And just... Just be merry now. And God said to such a man. Let's read. God said unto him. Stop there. We need to say it properly. He didn't say. He said. Look at my face. Look at my face. Why? Why? Because money does not have the power to give you one extra day in life. That power comes from God. Tomorrow, money can't give you. Tomorrow, He will give you. So that you can enjoy money. But He has to be first today so that you can enjoy the money you have tomorrow. You hear what I'm saying? So today, it's God. Tomorrow, I can enjoy my money. But today, Lord, you're first. Tomorrow also you're first. And God said to this rich man, you are a fool. 
You're a fool. Why? Because tonight your soul is going to be required of you. Tonight. He's, he's planning vocations. He's, he's planning his next house. He's planning his, you know, whatever. And God says, tonight, tonight, tonight is your last night. You're finished today. Your soul is coming out of your body. You're going to die today. For that reason, you are a foolish man. Then whose shall those things be that thou hast provided? My God, look at that. How sad it is. Today there are houses with no owner. There are cars with no one to drive. Why? Because they went in the twinkling of an eye. This is the choice you and I have to make as I conclude now. You cannot serve both God and money. But if you serve God, money will serve you. Yes, keep it in your pocket, not in your heart. Money is a blessing, but it can also keep you from being blessed. You have to choose today. Next time I'm having a challenge, my immediate reaction is not how much money I need to solve it. My immediate reaction is lifting hands to heaven and saying, Father, lead me how to solve this. You are my provider. You are Jehovah Jireh. You are everything to me. Tell me what to do. That is going to be my reaction. Amen. I've said enough. Let's stand to our feet.